Podcasting out of Alliance Wrestling Studios, pontificating on pro wrestling, the innovator of talk NWA, he is Jay Are we on the dawn of a new era for the National Wrestling Alliance? Have I radically shifted my paradigm? Is Mercury in retrograde? What is going on here? The NWA recently released, in fact, it was just Sunday, its pay-per-view, When Our Shadows Fall. Now, I have been a very tough cynic, to say the least, when it comes to my National Wrestling Alliance. Yes, I claim ownership. No, no, no. Not in the fact that I get royalties or dividends or that I get even a paycheck. But I've dedicated a lot of time to being a fan of the National Wrestling Alliance. I've dedicated a lot of time on reporting on the National Wrestling Alliance. And dare I say, I've spent a lot of time the last few weeks wondering why I continue to do so when all of a sudden like a needle hitting the record player and the proverbial scratch that rips everyone's mind off of whatever they were thinking about and focusing in to one subject focusing into one matter focusing on one aspect I too focused in on when our shadows fall and yes Yes, I still have critiques. I still wonder about some of the booking decisions. I still wonder about some of the partnerships and pairings that we're seeing with randomly picked wrestlers. But lo and behold, Crimson was right. The NWA is vindicated. My 1999 was well spent because I will say this. I enjoyed this pay-per-view. Thoughts and prayers, positive vibes, what is going on? I thought this was a really good pay-per-view. Clearly the best NWA pay-per-view in a while. We got to see a crowning of a new champion. We'll get more into that in a bit. We got to see the evolution of a tag team. Also get more into that in just a second. We got to see some new faces for the company and potentially... A new ace for the company. But of course, we'll get all into that in just a moment. My name is Jay Cow. This is the Alliance Blog Podcast, a presentation of Alliance Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. And this is my thoughts on our Shadows Fall coming up right after this special me- message. I really thought that that was a pretty good pay-per-view. I really thought that um, they did a great job of putting out a product uh, that was worth my $19.99. And that's hard for me to say. I- I'm going to tell you right here. I will uh, I will swallow my pride and say they proved themselves right. They proved themselves right. They made a show that I cared about. 
and I mean, to be perfectly honest, I went into this pay-per-view with very low expectations. And, and, and don't get me wrong, this pay-per-view was far from perfect. There were many things about it that just, well, it didn't sit well with me. But for the most part, this was a solid pay-per-view. If you spent your $19.99, you got to see a new Women's World Champion crown. If you spent your $19.99, you got to see uh, new tag teams emerge. You got to see uh, new faces emerge. Um, And you got to see uh, a shift, a paradigm shift, if you will. So let's start with the pre-show. Now again, this is kind of important too because the NWA put out a show well, we're efforting anyways to put out a show ahead of the pay-per-view, a pre-show, something they haven't done before, and it was pretty cool if you uh, if you ended up watching it. This pre-show, to me, was probably better than most episodes of Power were in the last season, and quite honestly, maybe some of the, one of the better episodes of programming the NWA's put out. Uh, we had a, uh, a pre-show three-way match with Colby Carino, PJ Hawk and everybody's favorite Johnny Yuma from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood now going by Captain Yuma and uh, it was a fun little match wasn't anything crazy we didn't see all 148 uh, different moves and and uh, 450 splashes it was a it was a fun little introduction to a pay-per-view if the NWA had a world junior heavyweight division you could probably say that one of these three men would be apt for it. Uh, you know, with Captain Yuma and Colby, PJ Hawk, maybe a Sal Renaro. I mean, you kind of, and Matt Cross, let's not let out, leave out Matt Cross. Um, you certainly look like you could have uh, all the makings of a, of a solid junior heavyweight division. Um, the match was fun. The match was fun. It should be noted that Colby Carino is the son of Steve Carino, a former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. He's a second-generation wrestler. And then you've got P.J. Hawk, who obviously is Luke's kid. And uh, they just looked really good as far as I'm concerned. That was a great opener to the pay-per-view, great open for a pre-match. Next up, we have uh, former tag team partners colliding. We have Genocide and Sky Blue. Sky Blue has been pretty dang good in everything I've seen her in. And Genocide has probably become one of my favorite women wrestlers in the NWA. This match was fun. And and on the uh, microphone, they kind of alluded to that this match uh, was kind of like a precursor to to Serena Deep taking on Camille in terms of size and stature and all of that. I thought it was pretty fun. I I really did. I thought that was a... uh, I thought it was pretty dang good. Um, And I think that would be a lot of fun going forward if the the NWA... um, hopefully continues to use them uh, then we have the uh the main event of the pre-show which was a qualifying match we get luke hawk defeating jeremiah plunkett to qualify for the tv title now guys this is all pre-show stuff this didn't air on the pay-per-view this is all still free it's available on youtube we also made the links available at alliance-wrestling.com but luke hawk is great I love the Southern Stomper, and it's fun to see him as a singles wrestler. Let me put over Luke Hawk just a minute because we'll be talking about, well, I guess I'll talk about that later. Uh, Luke Hawk, uh, 
he's been around the block. He's he's worked for NWA promotions and all three of the last uh, generations, if you will, the Trowbridge era, the Tharp era, and of course now the Lightning One era. And uh, as a singles competitor, he's probably even better than as a tag team wrestler. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how they go forward with him. But I really feel like uh, him and Pope were going to put on a classic match tonight at the uh, at the uh, episode thirty of. NWA Power. Next up uh, was uh, the start of the pay-per-view. We get that four-way match with La Rebellion Amaria, or just La Rebellion. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but these guys aren't really from AAA. If anything, uh, the th- uh, they have spent more time working with CMLL than AAA. But uh, you can't find the matches or Beastia 666 and Mecha Wolf were tag teaming for AAA. Uh, they were in the crash, wrestled a lot in Mexico, but uh, not not for AAA. So it was kind of interesting how they kept kind of making it seem like they were more about the AAA than just that they were in Mexico. Uh, they defeated the, the new pairing of Marche Rocket and Slice Boogie. I did not like that pairing. I mean, Slice Boogie has a tag team partner in Mims. Why wasn't Mims in this match? That would be more at least uh, in line with how this this last season went. Then you had the Rudo and Sal Renaro, which, again, would have liked to have seen Renaro teaming with with Tim Storm. Oh, I was just uh, just notified. Sean Mega said they just signed to AAA. Okay, that makes sense. I guess I didn't know that. Um, But uh, nevertheless, it was... uh, this was a fun tag team match. Also included were the end, Odinson and Paro. You can always get me with those two guys. I really enjoy Paro. I really enjoy Odinson. I would like to see the NWA do a lot more with him um, and not be fodder for makeshift tag teams. However, we did see uh, we did see La Rebellion win. A great introduction for them. I, again, I think I would have rather preferred to see them just go up against the end one-on-one or you know even Hawk Ari just one-on-one I think it would have been a lot better uh, but the match was fun it, I had no complaints about the match uh, you could tell that they were in the smaller studio this time around because the cameras were literally uh, pushed right up against the ring and uh, I thought that was kind of funny myself um, next up the grudge match Tyrus who normally normally you can't get me to say something positive about Tyrus. But last night, excuse me, Sunday night, Tyrus came with his working boots. That brother went out there and put on the best match I've seen him in ever. And I know that's not saying a whole lot. But he worked, guys. I mean, that cross body, I mean, he tried. I saw effort. I was appreciating how good that Tyrus looked in this match. Now, he came away with the victory. Eh. I don't really care. It does nothing to help Pope get to the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. It doesn't put Tyrus in an opportunity where now he's going to be able to challenge for a title. I mean, you know, it, and if it's supposed to be a blow-off to the feud, good. Let Tyrus go bother somebody else now. Let's put Pope where he needs to be, which is as close to the main event as possible. Um, but not a bad match. It really wasn't. I was uh, pleasantly surprised with how good that match went. Next up, we had the women's tag team match. We had the debut of Kylie Ray teaming with Taryn Terrell, which, again, it's another weird makeshift tag team. 
teaming with Melina and Thunder Rosa, which, again, that's also kind of a weird makeshift tag team. Uh, Thunder Rosa is by far the best wrestler on the planet. You heard it here first. Probably not, but it's something we say constantly on both the Pre-Party and the Alliance Guys podcast. Thunder Rosa is incredible. So anytime you get to watch her in the ring, she literally puts on a clinic. And the way that she was stretching Kylie Ray and the way that there was give and take there, there was probably some of the best wrestling you saw in this pay-per-view. Um, unfortunately, um, the wheels kind of fell off on this one where, where Thunder Rosa uh, literally dragged Taryn Terrell out of the ring, which that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I didn't really get where they were going with that and carried her to the backside. And then you had uh, Melina basically just fought her for Kylie Ray, which was good because Kylie Ray just recently signed with the NWA. And, um, you know, you want to make your new, you know, people who are under contract, you're going to want to push them. You're going to want to make them stars. So I did appreciate that. Seeing Kylie Ray, smiley Kylie, get the win was great. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with her going forward. Uh, I think... Um, I think that, you know, there, there's talks with the, the, the division is going to grow. And I think Kylie Ray is going to be a big part of that. Um, it should be noted that Kylie Ray was a contracted uh, member of the AEW roster and then had some mental health issues and took a break from wrestling. She quit. Uh, she Or rather, she was let out of her contract. They said it was amicably with Tony Khan. Later, she ended up in Impact and was about to wrestle for the Women's Championship of Impact against uh, Donna, I can never say her name right, Perozo. I apologize. I'm not a huge Impact guy, so I don't even know how to pronounce her name. But that was supposed to be at Bound for Glory last year. And before ahead of Bound for Glory, she got on social media. She said, I'm taking a break. I'm no longer a wrestler. And just kind of broke free. Um, So she was technically still under contract with Impact Wrestling. And uh, for the first time in what might be the only time, the NWA and Impact worked together to get her out of the Impact contract and now under an NWA contract. Um, hopefully with the, with the less, uh, less demanding schedule and you know the four, three or four days of taping a month will help uh, Kylie really just kind of focus on just the small aspect of her life and let her focus on her mental health as well. Because she, she's a solid wrestler. I think she's really good in the ring. And as long as she can keep both of those things up, uh, I think she's going to be fine. <sighs> going up next, we have JTG, Jay the God, versus Fred Rosser, Mr. No Days Off. We anticipated that this match might steal the show, and I believe it did. Uh, JTG, wow, could that guy go? He looked great. He was in probably the best shape he's ever been. Fred Rosser always looks good. Um, this match was solid. Uh, no, no complaints at it at all. This is the kind of match that, you know, I wish there was something bigger on the line here. I wish these guys were fighting for maybe a, I don't know, maybe the, the national title. Maybe these guys are fighting for an opportunity to face the Pope. This was what you want in a, in a mid-card match for your wrestling. Solid storytelling. There was no, like, fake animosity. There was no convoluted storyline. Just solid, good wrestling. And for me, I was all about that. So I, I felt that was great. Next, you get the tag team match. And I just... 
I do feel like the NWA just doesn't want to promote tag team wrestling. And Kratos and Stevens have never looked more on the same page, which is cool. <coughs> Excuse me. But, you know, this was a perfect opportunity to take those belts off of a team who, you know, up until now just didn't seem like they had a plan for. Now it looks like they've got an idea of what they want to do with them. Now it looks like they know where they're going to push this, this uh, an amalgamation of the assassin and the comedy guy, the jokester and the, and the hitman. It looks like they have some sort of formulaic opinion now. And I don't know. I, I, I would have put the belts on the War Kings since day one. Crimson and Dane are awesome. But I just, I don't know. They won't pull the trigger. Uh, Latimer was great in this match. Adonis looked good. Jax Dane looked like the beast. I could watch Jax Dane and Kratos go at it all day, every day. I think a Haas fight would be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, but for whatever, what it's worth, that it didn't happen. Next up, we got Camille versus Serena Deep. Women's World Championship match. Now, first, let's just say that Camille's meteoric rise in the National Wrestling Alliance has always been based on this idea that she was a rookie. But that isn't actually true. You know, that's not true. Camille actually trained with the three, Team 3D Academy. Camille kind of made her name in the Legends Football League, the Lingerie Female Football League. Camille has been the star in the making for some time, but I will admit she's still a little green. That's okay. I don't know that I would put the title on Camille right now. Do I, I totally believe she's the future. I totally think she is going to be the next big thing in women's wrestling. I just, I feel like it, they, they pulled the trigger too soon. And especially with Serena Deep and the ability that they've had, at least had, have had, with the ability of having her come uh, to the NWA and still defend the title on AEW. Um, at the very least, I wish they would have kept that title uh, title change maybe for a superpower later down the road. Um, you know, they filmed episodes for, from what I was told, about 12 weeks of programming. Which, if that's the case, I mean, a superpower down the road, it would have been very meaningful for Camille to win that title on uh, on the regular program. It, it, sure, I know it's meaningful for her to win it at the pay-per-view. But I just feel like you could have gotten a little bit more mileage out of Serena Deep. She could have helped put over some of the younger talent. She could have been in the ring with somebody like Kylie Ray. She could have been in the ring with somebody like Genocide or Sky Blue or Alexia Graciana if she's still around. Um, I just felt like they, 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 we knew it was coming. And that's what I hate about some of the booking decisions that the NWA does is they go, they either go ultra convoluted or straight to the straight to the ticket. And like there can't you just give us a mix of both of that? Can't we get both? Can't we get a storyline that's not as convoluted but gets to the point? So uh, I still think it was a really good match. It's not the best Camille match I've ever seen. I'll chalk that up to her versus Thunder Rosa in that 20-minute draw from a few weeks back. It's not the best uh, Serena Deep match I've ever seen. Her versus Rio at uh, all elite wrestling's uh, uh what was it called? The buy-in for the double or nothing. I felt like that was a much better match, but it was pretty good. And it might've been the second best match on this card. I really felt like Camille put in the work. She looked good. Uh, Deeb looked like, you know, a veteran. 
a veteran who just got overpowered. So I, I really did like this match. I, I really did. I just wish they would have pulled the trigger a little bit later. And then next up, we have everybody's favorite world's heavyweight champion. You know, some almost now, what, 993 days now? Congratulations to Nick Aldis. You retain the title, my my friend, my liege, my, my pal, my buddy. You are still the world's heavyweight champion. And I salute you, sir, for outwardly knowing that you cannot beat Trevor Murdoch in a match to cheating to win because that's what a real champion would do. That's what the Nature Boy would have done. That's what Harley Race would have done. Or maybe not. I don't know. I think it was a great way to extend the story. Uh, I... I Forgive me for saying this for some of our um, softer-eared audience, but uh, this is the equivalent of wrestling blue balls because I really felt like Trevor Murdoch was going to win that title. I really feel like a lot of you thought Trevor Murdoch was going to win that title. I really think the, the bottom line should be Trevor Murdoch should be NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, but I think the NWA wants to stretch it out a little bit lo- longer. So perhaps maybe the next pay-per-view, we can see another Trevor Murdoch versus versus uh, Nick Aldis, but I mean, how many times do you remember as a kid watching Sting and Ric Flair, right? Or Sting and Lex Luger, or, uh, Lex Luger and Ric Flair. They never gave you that match when you wanted it. And it's a shame because I felt like now would have been a great time to capitalize on it. But if they just didn't have it, they just didn't have it. Um, but it, all in all, I was surprised with this pay-per-view. I, I felt like my 1999 was a good investment. I felt like watching that pay-per-view was great. I enjoyed it. Um, I don't take anything away from the NWA. There was a few things I didn't like, but so what? It was a good pay-per-view. Um, I, I don't mind Nick Aldis trying to get out of that match that way either. I definitely don't mind. I think that's good storytelling if they continue to build towards Murdoch. Now, if they change gears and now he's wrestling the Pope or, or wrestling JTG or it just goes off the wheels, and then I'm going to be upset. I'm going to think, what, what are we doing here? But if the storyline is still to kind of progress towards the Trevor Murdoch program, but then by all means. Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at the Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at the Alliance Blog. Remember... Absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.